Happy Holidays, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. Season 4, we're just three turkeys prepared in different ways with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and culture. I am your host, Alex Falcone, recording, as always, from North Koreatown, Los Angeles, which, of course, is in California, where people throw birds in your car when you're waiting at a stoplight. Also joining us... What? Has it happened to you? I, I do it to people all the time. Oh, oh, you, you, are either, you either get the birds thrown or you are the bird thrower. Is that... yeah, it can be both. It depends on the day. Also, join me dad... today. Go ahead. No, I, I'll use it as my joke. Great. Anthony Lopez, part two, at Anthony Lopez, Patu on Twitter. He's in Southeast mm. Portland. And wait till you see his organ. He can't keep his mm. hands off it. It's Anthony Lopez. Either be the person who throws the bow to get the bow thrown at you. That is life summed up in a goddamn sentence if I've ever heard it. Is that it? Was it an accident? Was it on purpose? We're going to have to talk about Turkey Gate here in a second. Uh, but first, let me introduce your other panelist. He's in Northern California, which I guess is also in California where they throw birds in your car. He eats like a horse in a uniform. It's Mr. Ezra Fox. Um, I mean... Do you want to reminisce, Alex, about the one time you kissed me 50 years ago? <laughs> That's all. I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> and also, it's time for my nap. Um, Hunter is not joining us this week. He has the week off, and I promised him I would come up with a badass excuse for him. But he's not here to hear it, so I didn't. Um, this I, show. I mean, this is the one week a year in which everyone's just like, oh, yeah, they had to do something. Yeah. They don't live in the state. It's Thanksgiving time. He's probably traveling. So he's, much you can do. Could have done so let, many things. Let, let's 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 be generous. All right, everyone, just think of one. I don't know, noun, adjective, whatever it is. All right, and we'll we'll just mad libs a um, an excuse real quick. Okay, great. Uh, all right, got mine. Yeah, me, I'm in. Okay, Anthony, you got it. You, okay. got, a, you got a word for us? Uh, yeah. Okay, great. So Hunter would be here, but his donut is stuck in the port uh, of the Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually pretty good. That was more fun than I... If I had it to do over again, I would have just said that our supply chain issues are keeping our third guest from being here. But Yeah, he's actually... he's he. You know, he's sitting on a crate. He's just yep. waiting to be that able to talk problem, somewhere right, right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. we, have this, yeah. we have this thing where we use our hosts are all just in time manufactured for me. And so there's yeah. a chip shortage. Couldn't get enough Hunter on short notice. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, wait, wait. Should Justin Timberlake have one of those things where they call it Justin Timberlake? Uh, where he like he just like he will make things for you right when you need it. <laughs> Can I, I pitch like him all on this? Of, a lot of his music has come out exactly when I needed it. So oh, there you um, go. The, that's a good idea. But if I do see Justin's people, I will pass it all, pass that suggestion along. <laughs> Thank you. For um, this. He's been. I just read an article about the downfall of Justin Timberlake. So I think it's just in time. Just you know, like yeah. <laughs> for him. Yeah, he's had such a downfall. It's too bad because uh, yeah, River, River is a really great song. It's it's okay. I do think it's funny. The, the there's so much th- all this stuff kind of coming out, like being written about Justin Timberlake, especially with like the Britney documentary that came out. There's a new Janet Jackson documentary that came out, and I love the way like the media is like, yeah, like it was us and Justin Timberlake that were complacent, but it's mostly Justin Timberlake. <laughs> it's not really the media. It's really. Like the idea that the media is like, yeah, I mean, it was us and Justin Timberlake was a, uh, you know, a vector of that, and so other people. But he's down right now, so let's just keep kicking him in the nuts and not <laughs> reflect on ourselves at all. It's he, a really, I, I, I interesting do, thing, you know. I enjoy just, some of Justin's music, but boy, he he take if you yeah. want 
If you want someone who loves to disappoint you every time he opens his mouth, Justin Timberlake's a great person for it. But yeah, Dick in the Box is like one of your top five favorite songs. That's mostly what I meant. Yeah, I do. When I saw him in concert, he definitely he did that one opening and closing. So he really likes that one. Deserved it. Like Danzig with Mother. Um, Anyway, moving on from Justin Timberlake, this show and this tangent is brought to you by our fabulous meat buddies, including our brand new meat buddy just this morning, um, who helped join join the show to keep us limping down the tracks. Um, Oh, we're back to that. About to get hit by a train. I forgot what we did last week. It's hard to remember everything. What happened last week? Yeah, I I have a uh, I have a uh, meat buddy story. Yeah, uh, to tell. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know, well, if you want to become somebody and be the yeah. source of a story, you can go to Metreon.com just to finish the yeah. ad. And we really thank everybody who supports the show, Anthony. But uh, I don't. I this person doesn't give us money. But I I had uh, my second interaction with someone who listens to oh, the show. So not a, not, not a meat buddy, but a meat suit. Meat suit. Yes, a yes. meat suit. Uh, a, a guy, a friend named TJ, uh, who's probably listening to this. Uh, but what a big TJ. Yeah, Teach, good guy. Uh, very surprised to hear he uh, listens to the show because, like, my wife doesn't even listen to the yeah. show. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it was it's very very cool to actually be, have someone say that uh, he wanted yeah. to give us a compliment on really likes the current dynamic of everyone. Really loves Esbeck. Uh, Things Hunter is a great addition. And the thing that that was most fascinating was he was like, I don't think it is. I've kind of come to accept that it isn't. But for a long time, he could not figure out what the bit was with your love for the mummy, like Tom Cruise's mummy. He was like, it's, it has to be some kind of bit. I just don't get. Like, what well, is the joke kind there? It's kind of a bit. Yeah. So I'm the, like, no, I, mean, he just, the, I think he just genuinely likes that movie. I, and he was like, I, well, no, so, that can't Okay, so part real. of it, if we go far enough back, this is, well, okay, so the love affair with mummies generally, it's not a bit, but here, where it came from, was very early on in the show. We we'd read Twilight, and so people would encourage us to read a lot of Twilight analogs that came after it. So first it was a sexy vampire, and then they were like, you gotta check out the sexy angel, and yep. the sexy demon, and yep. the sexy fairy with a flower growing out of his back. And they just Sexy kept billionaire. Sex... <laughs> That one's pretty standard, but they did just keep giving you weird, uh, giving us weirder, That's weirder the least creatures. Re- realistic thing of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so we just kept joking on the show that eventually they're going to run out, and it would be mm. time for mummies. It would just be mm. the mummies come next. Be- and so our love affair came from that, and the idea that the mum- mummies are the silliest, least mm. sexy, least effective, least powerful monsters in history. Mm. That like. The original The Mummy movie was just because they'd found King Tut's tomb. It was in the newspapers, and Universal was like, "We're gonna force this. We're gonna make this into a monster." And so it's just it's a, a it comes from how bad and super they are. Now, Did why I like the, about- the cruise missiles version of The Mummy. I think I went pretty clear on it in our second of two episodes. <laughs> I liked sucking the. I like when she sucked the life out of people. I liked her having two corneas. I liked a lot of the stuff wait, in don't, there. Wait, hold on a second. Don't we all have two corneas? Yeah, do you I, have, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that somewhere Teej is just like, so is it a bit? I still don't know. I'm <laughs> um, Alex, I don't know if I've ever asked you this before, but yeah. uh, I guess as, because you also mm. were a part of this, but when you guys were writing your mummy um, novel, yeah. uh, did you ever think about just calling it the MILF? <laughs> oh god that's so good it i was come, it uh, uh, no. milf I was, just milf 
Yeah. I was really attached to "It's Time for Mummies" being because that was the 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 the, the, the germ yeah. of the whole thing, and I was like, "That's not really no one gets that like necessarily." And so I got it in as a subtitle, but I love a second subtitle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unwrap my well, heart, I mean, colon. It's time for mummies, colon. Milf. Milfed the I milf. think just for the sequel, you should call it Milf. Oh I mean, yeah, milf is yeah. a pretty solid sequel. Yeah. Yeah um that's Rise a good idea milf. i appreciate that yeah. i appreciate that um i had a fun fan interaction recently where i had a, a joke about finding out that a couple friend that my wife and i have we found out were swingers and mm-hmm. uh, not from them uh, is the the story um they were uh, uh a friend told us and so we were like a little hurt that we found out that were not their types because they never brought mm. it up once in 15 years of friendship. Anyway, that's the bit essentially. Yeah. I'd laugh. Uh, I've heard this before. Already yeah, I know. Uh, it's a yeah. good joke. But anyway, uh, and it's a true story, but um, I said our oldest couple friend and it's not, it's like one of our oldest couple friends. It's in like the five oldest. And, uh, but somebody uh, saw that joke on TikTok and was like, as an early read and weep listener, do I know the names of that couple? And do they rhyme <laughs> with Smith and Smanya? <laughs> uh which is very i'm, I'm so oh. sorry to have made chris accidentally part of that joke no that's not them yeah. have um, you thought about asking the the swinger couple is it like is it you is it your wife is it the package deal like if if like it was just your wife and someone else yeah would they have invited you if it was you and a different woman would they have invited you or is you- it like individually we'd invite both of you but it's something about which of us is the deal breaker yeah yeah well so from posting the joke one of the things that a lot of people in the pineapple based community have suggested is that it's sort of like not dating work it's like you don't date someone at work because it's just like you don't want to you don't want to swing with your friends you swing to make new friends is the idea yeah yeah that makes sense Um, hold on a second if they're the pineapple based community what do you call like spongebob's (laughs) Right, because I thought I mean, that I believe was SpongeBob swings. I think him and <laughs> no, I, that snail cat. It's named for him. Got are it. seeing other people. Okay, so we got to get on with the not really important part of the show. Segment one: the news. So well, I have, I have two... a qu- one more question about your swinging <laughs> yes. friends. Are they like? Because I I've known a few people like this, and it's interesting. The like, there's some people who are like, you know, the the dance and the foreplay is like the part of it. You know, key parties things that like build up to it or oh then i've also met people who are like no we's all get in the room and fuck right and it's very <laughs> different vibes do you know which one are they like a foreplay thing or is it so, just like well as, know, as sort, sort of the point of the joke is that they've never talked to us about it like yeah. i only know because someone else who is friend mutual friends mentioned it wait mm. and then <laughs> we've never discussed it but when i post the video on instagram one of the couple members liked it but then we've still never talked about it. Um, are yeah. you saying that we can do this and make things awkward for other friends by just starting to tell like, mutual friends of ours that they swing? You certainly can. I mean, you've been able to make up yeah. stuff about people for your whole life. I don't know if it's good in the long run. Yeah, I've been able to do that. Actually, no, I was in, the, I was in that Ricky Gervais world where no one can lie. So um, not the mm. Jim Carrey world where nobody can lie. That was yeah. oh, he can world. He can only everyone else can lie. Just he can't. Oh, you, there's Did, a nobody uh, can. Okay, you should uh, next time you're around your swinging friends. Um, what you should do is find like find out whoever you found out was like swinging with them and be like, yo, 
I heard Jeff's dick rotted off. What's up with that? You know, like really just scare him. See how they react. Like, wait, what? He, he what? I feel like uh, neither of you are good at um at, at life. Both of these are like bad. Not, maybe you're good at life for yourselves, but I think you don't have on. my best interests at heart. Can you here. average these both together? Well, it worked then. Okay, I'm moving <laughs> along to the news. Um, which is a ostensibly part of our pop culture theories on the show. So, segment on the news. First up, uh, Ridley Scott blames millennials for last dual box office failure. I wanted to run this by you both as fellow millennials. This story from uh, Variety. Uh, the movie he directed, uh, Ridley Scott's recent movie, uh, bombed at the box office, making only $27 million back on a $100 million budget. Despite it being written by Matt and Ben, which seems like really should have been a hit, a hit for them and getting generally positive reviews yeah. um, on Mark Barron's podcast, uh, Ridley Scott blamed the kids these days and their technology. Quote, I think what it boils down to, what we've got today are audiences who are brought up on these fucking cell phones. The millennials do not ever want to be taught anything unless you are told it oh. on a cell phone. So, as millennials, is this why you did not see the last duel? Because uh, it's um, not on a cell phone. It, man, if my cell phone had told me about the last duel, I might have considered it. I think I didn't <laughs> even know this is a thing. <laughs> I'm trying to understand where this is, what this means, because all the other movies are also not cell phones. Mm. Like there are movies that made money this year, and is he like, well, they just they must be on phones yeah, for I people mean, to be seeing I, them? I know personally uh, from like I, I'm a big fan of. Well, I'm not a big fan. I'm a big fan of Ridley Scott's good movies. I think when he yeah, makes good I'm movies, he makes really good, good movies. movies. Yeah, I like but good he makes movies, a lot of bad movies. Um, <laughs> but his his period stuff in particular, you know, like the Gladiator, Kingdom of Heaven, the director's cut version, I really love uh, those films by Ridley Scott. Uh, and I so on like paper, I really wanted to see this. My biggest problem with it, and this is something that like my wife brought up, and I, I really agree with her, but she was just like. No, yeah, that looks interesting, but I really don't want to watch a whole movie that's about a rape victim and people fighting over it. Like, it just yeah. that didn't sound like it's not like, uh, you know, Gladiator, Kingdom of Heaven, which are these huge, sweeping, you know, giant battle films. This is like, this is a, you know, much more personal about a subject that is like not necessarily going to be the most enjoyable. Like, let's sit down in a theater and totally. uh, eat popcorn and eat dibs while we watch this very dramatic thing like oh, I, have, anyway, I have issues with dibs for the record yeah yeah okay, we're gonna come back to dibs let's finish up on sexual assault i just don't want to get these two wires crossed as yeah well. but house of, house of gucci i'll probably be there for the other ridley scott movie that's coming out i Wait, mean did he direct other... house of gucci too yeah ridley scott we talked about this a, a while ago on the podcast 84 years old it's got two giant movies coming out within a few months of each okay, other. Okay, well, I'm not going to watch that now that I know that it's his and not on a cell phone. Well, you could, mm. I mean, you could like, you could punch a hole through a cell phone and watch it through that if you want. Yeah. <laughs> or I could just have the camera on, but not recording. I can just watch oh, it. Oh yeah, through yeah, the just camera yeah, like yeah, ready to take a picture and then watch yeah. it there. That's yeah. Great. Oh. Um. As okay, now let's let's circle back. Not as you called dibs in the pack. That's it. That's the problem. So it's yeah. not the dibs are bad. It's the dibs serving is too small. I feel yeah. like it's just like, I mean, I, I don't know about everyone else's movie going experiences back in the day growing up, but I would get, you know, like a candy, right? Like, you know, and mm -hmm. that's the last of the movie. Um, so yeah, you choose wisely. Uh, junior mints or usually like a pretty good like ratio mm -hmm. of like, like fairly like they would, they all taste good and they take a while to go through and you, you're not, it's not yeah. going to be like during the trailers. 
No, I like, mean, Dibs certainly fills their packages under the same rule that beef jerky manufacturers do. <laughs> like, large package, not a lot of product in it for how yeah. much you pay for it, you know? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's that's very fair. But I, also, but I'm curious, what does last a whole movie for you? I no, feel like popcorn, again, candy, we, beverages are all gone by the end of the trailer. Yeah. So Junior Mace, you can save her, for, in my opinion, but go ahead. Dibs are also uh, ice cream. Do you want them till the end of a movie? Right? They're gonna yeah. melt. That makes no yeah. sense. You want to get them in fast. You know? not, yeah, you want to get them at their. It's like it's like peak freshness. You want to get them when they're the best. Yeah. It's like picking a strawberry straight from the vine. You don't want this a week later after it's been on a truck. I just realized that as an adult, I can buy as many dibs as I want, and I really haven't yeah. attended that for a while. I mean, on principle, paying for air, I could see how it would slow you down, but um, mm. I yeah, I, I I was trying to think. I thought dibs were. Um, uh, the ones with cookie dough inside chocolate, but they're not. They're ice cream. I'm not sure I've even yeah, had it's just ice before. cream around chocolate. Uh, you should go to the theaters with my wife sometime. Uh, you'll definitely get some dibs, dibs then. Uh, exclusively at theaters. Same yeah. way that I am with like um, like red vines. I only really eat them at theaters. Right. The same, like, the same way I am with ice cream of the future and theme parks. Oh, dibs. Yeah. Yeah, dibs. <laughs> dibs and dops. Uh, only yeah, at we, theme parks. We get dibs when we go. I mean, when we go see House of Gucci, we'll probably get some dibs. Well, so speaking of House of Gucci, so I didn't, I, for having forgotten this was really Scott, this does transition into my second of two, uh, my part B of the segment, which is a mini segment that I call, should I go see this? So here's a quick roundup of what is um, about to come out or has come out and whether or not I should see it. So first up, House of Gucci. You seem way more excited about that than you did about Last Duel, despite being a millennial. So mm-hmm. yes on the House of Gucci. Uh yeah, I think the cast. I mean, the, the House of Gucci does have Jared Leto in it, which I don't think Last Duel does. So that's its one disadvantage. Right, but um, to balance it out, it has Lady Gaga, which I like. Yeah, but we got Lady Lady Gaga. Who anything with really, Stephanie Germanotta in it makes me yeah, very excited. It is the type of movie where I, I'm very excited. I'm excited for it. I think the story is really interesting. Uh, I think it has like you know, obviously good sort of parallels to the world we're in now, but also I just want to see Gucci's performance. It's like obviously going to be uh, one of the big award performances this year. And like of all the categories, best actress this year is really shaping up to be something pretty competitive with like her Spencer. There's a bunch of other great performances coming out or come out. And I just think it's going to be uh, a good year for that. And I want to see it. I mean, can we agree, though, that these movies seem like they'd both be better if you just swapped Adam Driver's characters? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know his characters in either of them, but I, I mean, do... it's a knight and Zaguchi. So, I mean, like, you just oh, get well. the Gucci and the knight and the knight and the Gucci. It seems like that's going to be better for everyone. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a dib, basically. It's a Gucci wrapped around knights. Well, I do think I, I, I don't know the story of The Last Duel, but I know the story of uh the character Adam Driver's playing. And I think he, does he really start in two historical dramas with Ridley Scott in which spoilers for true life, he dies at the end of both of them. Like both movies are about the death of Adam Driver. Wow. Maybe that's wow. certainly what he's got a House writer in his contract. Where, like he always must. <laughs> yeah. like, or Ridley look. Scott's pushing a serious agenda. Yeah. Adam Driver must die. He died in Star Wars. Yeah. Kylo Ren died. I mean, so is Adam Driver just like, I need, I'll be in your movie, but I have to die in the. He's like, the movie I has sequels. To be about- I'm done with franchises. Yeah. Kill me in the movie or I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm trying to fill up this whole movie, my reel of just death scenes. I need, I need <laughs> yeah. your help, Ridley Scott. I need everyone's help. Yeah. yeah Adam I mean, Dyer. Adam, yeah, exactly. You the get last- rid of the RV. 
he lot he I'm pretty sure he is the guy who dies in the titular last duel, and he is the Gucci who gets murdered in House of Gucci. Wow! Uh, right? So I mean. I'm excited. The, the photos, like the posters around LA about House of Gucci, make it look look pretty yeah. fun. Um, on the flip side, something that the the, the um, advertising has not sold to me. Should I go see it? Number two, Ghostbusters colon Afterlife. Nah, I, I do really like a colon. Don't care about that one? Um, <laughs> I'll see that eventually. I really have no interest in it. I think it just looks kind of like a a pandering sort of fan servicey remake sequel thing. Uh, it is very funny to me, the like everyone was really pissy when the Ghostbusters became girls, but no one seems to care that the Ghostbusters are now children. <laughs> and it seems like one is more offensive than the other. I take girl Ghostbusters over children Ghostbusters any day of the week. I will say people um, who I trust, who I admire their taste in movies generally, a lot of them really liked the reboot, the all-female reboot. Um, I have yet to hear somebody say they're excited about having children do it. I don't think, I mean, I'm like, I think almost any movie doing an all female reboot would be kind of an intriguing possibility. Yeah. There's but, no I mean, movie that I want to see redone as children. That is a I mean, terrible sales pitch. To huh. me. I mean, I didn't like um, the 2016 Ghostbusters, but what I've always said about Ghostbusters is that the people who made Ghostbusters couldn't make a good Ghostbusters movie the second time. Right, like it's very hard to make a good Ghostbusters movie. They did it once, apparently by accident. I didn't and love the first Ghostbusters, a... which is one of the reasons I've not seen any of these follow-ups. Because you have horrible opinions and taste and everything. Yeah, uh, because I watched it as an adult and not in the nineties. No, Ghostbusters is like a perfect movie. We don't need to get into this here. But okay. Afterlife, I don't, I don't really get it. Um, I think it might be fine. I, I don't know. I'm curious to see, like. I don't know why Ghostbusters is a franchise that we need to keep going back to the Apple with so much. No, I th- it's very much like, uh, and especially because none of them, none of them do what is like interesting and cool about Ghostbusters, right? Busting like, ghosts. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like the fascinating your car. The fascinating stuff about Ghostbusters is that, and like, why it's still so unique. One, it's like the idea of like blue collar ghost exterminators is like a mm. fun unique idea yeah that's like and it's a solid pitch you the got thing me. that's really brilliant about ghostbusters and something you know i'm so surprised no one has ever tried to capture is that these are these are people who fight paranormal um supernatural monsters and stuff ghosts if you will uh but they only use science they never do any occult uh any magical stuff themselves right it is solely science versus the supernatural which is like the coolest idea and something that like no one has ever really picked up and ran with and uh yeah well but what if those scientists and blue collar workers were children children that is the question what if they all started in stranger things here's the thing so i I actually i'm looking at like the afi you know like top 100 i'm kind of curious which of these could work as a kid reboot like oops all kids (laughs) yes thank you yeah citizen kane godfather oh Casablanca. slow down slow down okay so citizen kid (laughs) no i don't think i'm not a kidder okay so god kidder i'm open to actually godfather with children is funny I was actually just thinking the more sw- the, like you'd have to be moving a ton of swearing to get me to want it with Kid Reboot. Mm-hmm. Like I would watch Glenn Gary Kid Ross. Like mm-hmm. or Kid Gary that Kid Ross. That does sound good. I would enjoy that just Any watching kind of kids kid swear. Yeah. I feel like someone must have must have done it. It seems good enough that someone must have done it. Okay, we also Coffee is for closers. Network. Network. <laughs> but it's all about a children's YouTube channel. Right? <laughs> 
I, I, I'm so sorry. I can't continue the podcast. I'm too busy yeah. writing this down and taking it around Hollywood and making a billion dollars. <laughs> That's an idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, heck, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> also, uh, Kid, Kid Sablanca, <laughs> Ra- Raging Kid, singing in the rain with I uh, know with kids little, little boots yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Singing in the rain with little boots on. <laughs> really trips right off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Solid. Okay. So maybe the answer is like if they're good movies, half yeah. of them would be great. And some of these are look, Wizard of Oz. That's a kid at the, at the heart of that, man. Yeah. You can have good. Well, kid- so you, then that wouldn't be good. Then an all no, kid it has remake. to be an adult. Is he like, is he really, really <laughs> oh, old? Oh, wait. Oh, shit. All the, all the adults are children, but Dorothy is like 49. Yeah. I mean, that would make Oz fucking weird, right? Really you know, would. like. <laughs> I like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then lastly, Anthony, on this list, Disney's CG animated film Encanto. Do you love it? Do you, does it love you? I haven't, I haven't, I know this movie exists, but I haven't really seen any marketing on it. And then it came out. So I'm very. I guess it's good, but yeah, I don't really have any frame of reference on it. I saw like a teaser for it, and then it was just out. I didn't. I, I missed. So the whole this lead is up my experience as well. Is all of a sudden pop? It's out, and that for a Disney film makes mm. me nervous. Mm. That in and of itself makes me feel like maybe they don't have a ton of confidence. Wait, mm. I mean, it's not. Out, it's like it's it's out tonight, like right now as we record. Like it, like would open tomorrow. I think officially. Well, but still, the fact that they're not doing much marketing leading up to its weird, release yeah. is like makes me nervous that they don't like it. Um, is it? Uh, do you know if it's like? Oh, and we'll get Disney Plus in like a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. it's like Disney Animation Studio, not Pixar. I know that. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, Disney Animation, In-house. which has made some movies yeah. that I love, no doubt. Yeah, they've been on fire the last few years. Um. Yeah. So okay. Well, so we're gonna say yes on Gucci, no on Afterlife, and a maybe on Encanto. And all then, right. And then um, and then also a, a double maybe on uh, kids, adults swaps, and all the best movies ever. Well, so yeah. those are mo- some of them I would probably watch, but they don't exist yet, as so it's not fair to mm. judge at this point. But yeah, so we gotta I make mean, them we're certainly gonna start selling this as an option now. <laughs> an option like, would you like to have kids do this movie instead? <laughs> <laughs> our, our production company is we only work with kids and animals mm-hmm. that's, that's a terrible idea <laughs> the thing is we use cg children and real animals right that's that's how yeah i love it Keep all right down. that's it for the news we got a uh, we got a great homework segment coming up here in just a second It's time for segment two, The Homework. This week, we're talking about the 1995 family rom-com, question mark, home for the holidays. One of the only Thanksgiving movies uh, alongside Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Thanks Killing, which we've already watched, and mm. an Olsen Twins movie. Also, if you do a quick Google for Thanksgiving movies, one of them... Um, uh let's see so thanksgiving movies did, according to google did i have a fever dream this or was there a movie a few an animated movie a few years ago about turkeys yeah like free traveling or wild or to to, free to birds to, yeah yeah and that was about turkeys time traveling to attempt to get turkey changed on thanksgiving correct okay that's not a terrible premise Th- this is a youtube movie from 2013 starring Os- o- owen wilson 
Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I don't think right. it was a YouTube movie. Yeah, no, this is it. Yeah, or not YouTube? Sorry, not, not YouTube. Netflix. Um, yeah. Twenty thirteen computer animated film about two turkeys traveling back in time to prevent their kind from ending up on the menu. Wow. Okay, so there's that. Okay, that's another option. And then if you Google it, um, like just Google's suggestions for Thanksgiving movie uh, includes uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, which I just think is not mainly about thanksgiving i mean santa yeah. is on the cover i just think have you ever is. heard anyone say that um like nightmare before christmas is a thanksgiving movie because it's about halloween and christmas it's in between you know all right that could work just... there's not a lot of them though so this is no. one that we were checking out for that reason um it's a, a, a jodie foster joint that's her yes, second feature is. film in the director's chair um, it's written by W.D. Richter, who also wrote Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Big Trouble in Little China, as well as getting mm. an Oscar nom for the 1980 film Brubaker. So a pretty solid and non-family rom com vibe for mm. this guy um, to then write mm. Home for the Holidays. Uh, and of course, it's starring Holly Hunter alongside, uh, I think, a... Pre, this is a pre-collapse, pre-revival Robert Downey Jr. Uh, right? It's like during, yes. I think he made it to heroin use during this like filming. This is, yeah. Okay, so but this so was like mid the, mid downfall. No, this was like the begin. This was like when he is still kind of like he's certainly in a bad place, but it like all the arrest and everything, and the like being un unable to like get security insurance bonds to work. That wasn't until you know the late 90s and around the time he went on Ally McBeal and everything like that but okay so this yeah, is a in a bad place Robert Downey Jr yeah. um um Steve Gut also got Steven Gutenberg uh, Claire Danes and Dylan McDermott among others Always in a bad bad place Steve Gutenberg <laughs> <laughs> Steve Gutenberg just he's a, he's one of those he just default looks troubled and I like that yeah. about a person Isn't it crazy that Steve Gutenberg was like the biggest movie star in the world like he's an okay actor and he's fun to watch but you see him and stuff like this in the 90s and to think like in the 80s this guy was nothing but fucking dollar signs in movie executives' eyes. Is that uh, true? I mean, oh yeah, I guess yeah. he did. You, he's like, he's oh, like yeah. hot a in a of kind of doofy way. Yeah, but he in was old huge. Pictures. Yeah, in the eighties, uh, it's crazy. Um, I really liked him. Was it um, Party Down? Was he? Yeah, Party Down. He's, he's good really, in that. I really liked him in that. Like the Police Academy movies, Three Men and the Babies. Uh, I mean, those movies were massive uh interesting but, yeah now he's in this one he's just a he's just a husband-in-law um let me give you for those of you who have not seen home for the holidays it was not not the smash hit um that it, it's no. it's one of those uh movies that probably like um, like pretty nearly like right about broke even it's like really yeah. close to exactly breaking even um and it certainly had legs um kind of since then and it's kind of got word of mouth i am excited to hear you try to sum up this movie because it's oh. already not a very plot heavy movie i mean no, basically the plot of this movie is what if someone went home for the holidays <laughs> yeah. right you know, like, your, your own holiday it's that yeah i mean a, a, i think a you can tell goes that home for the holidays that's what happens in this movie you can tell that i thought it was not super plot heavy by the yeah. fact that it is only a four bullet point micro summary mm. Um, so here's my patented four, always four, four bullet point micro summary. Holly is a single mom, Holly Hunter, who has to go back home to her family for the holidays. And she has kind of a bad time. 
So she's, her family is a little bit wacky. Her brother is the victim of a lot of homophobia, which he absolutely does not deserve. But he also drives an extremely loud car and takes pictures of his sister naked, for which he receives almost no hate. And he definitely deserves hate for both of those things. Mm. Um, you can't make a movie about a guy who drives a loud car and expect me to like him. That's just not a plausible. Like the stopping, starting, like gag. That's like that's one of the oh best gags. God, he's I, I gotta, so annoying. But I none of say, that is as intense as the fact that he takes pictures of his sister naked and distributes them. But I, I mostly have to say the loud car thing. We have, I think, nine Fast and Furious movies that prove otherwise. Oh, that's uh, so true. About a character that drives a loud car that you they do, like. They drive so, loud cars, but they also drive submarines and that's, stuff. And that's so. loud car world, right? That's not even, yes. They do not have yes. the loudest cars in that there, world. Yeah. There's no quiet cars in that world. You don't have a choice. Um, he also, uh, also, th- I mean, the family just, okay, so so also her mom undresses in her bedroom while she's watching mm. and then also watches her shower. So there's, it's mm. one of those families. It's like a, there's a mm. very early days Pornhub vibe to this family. Um, moving on. Nope. Um, she also nope. has a sister who never moved away and has a kind of picture perfect family. So it seems like people are mean to her for no reason. But then it turns out she is the captain of the homophobe team. Mm. And she also uses a stairmaster for fun, both of which I think are also unforgivable. Oh, he's very suspect. Yes. Yeah. And, and he- like I get I get being like, oh, you in Chicago, you look down on me, but I like this dress when it's an objectively ugly dress. Just does not work for me. If it was like a somewhat, like even a like little homely, but at least had a charm do it, I could get it. It's but it's dress. just a straight up ugly dress. Well, and also, yeah, she, like whether or not she has like a lot of history with the family, she comes in hot, you know, she's like firing like at people. Like it feels undeservedly. She's overreacting mm-hmm. the whole time. So it does seem a little weird that she's getting so much hate. And then she's like, also, homophobia, homophobia, homophobia. You're like, okay, yeah, maybe you suck. I'm on everybody else's team. Drop yeah. a turkey on that lady. Um, Do you know anyway. how many turkeys, guys? Wait, hold on, real quick. Do you oh, know yeah. how many turkeys that went through during filming? Okay. It's a great wait. thing about this on Wikipedia. This is a good fact. I did not look it up in advance, but why did they use real turkeys? Mm. Uh, you, you, know, you do not have the budget for, for, for stuff. Movie turkeys. magic? Mm. But you have a budget mm. for all these? Okay, so how many turkeys? No, no, well, just me... give it a guess. Give okay, a guess. guess. Uh, I'm going to assume it's like um, the like. Uh, let's see, it was ten days seven. of filming. Yeah, ten days for of that filming? one scene for yeah. the one Thanksgiving dinner scene. Table seven ten turkeys. days of filming. Yeah, eyelines work. Yeah, seven turkeys. Seven turkeys. All right, let me give you this thing. Okay, filming um, of the Thanksgiving dinner dinner took more than ten days. Use sixty four turkeys, what? twenty pounds. 20 pounds of mashed potatoes, 35 pounds of stuffing, 44 pies, 30 pounds of sweet potatoes, 18 bags of mini marshmallows, and 50 gallons of juice that's thrown in for wine. I don't understand. Movie magic, you guys. Use... Huh? You don't have to actually eat I mean, it all. Look, but food people is magic have to eat it own. in scenes, right? People have to eat it in scenes, right? Uh, so it needs to be edible. Do I, do, uh, just... But they're probably spitting it back into buckets. I am so yeah. confident that they're like that. This is like the there's like a food bank outside of this that's underfunded all the time. And inside the studio, they were just like, just they massacred a turkey population. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff like this does end up getting donated that they like produce for films like this. But this is also like anytime you watch, you know, I imagine this like a big dinner scene like this with a lot of stuff going on or anytime you see anyone eating in like a david fincher movie 
where you know they did right, like 80 takes, take, uh, yeah. 80 to 100 takes of it and they need a brand new cheeseburger for each take right mm-hmm. it's the same thing there there's just somebody is just a food stylist got rich out. on this movie yeah oh yeah but yeah i mean it's, i imagine most one, it's probably why no one makes Thanksgiving movies is because the turkey budget just <laughs> out of control. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to, as a producer and a, as an actor, you have to not take a pay payday for that, right? You have right. to give up your salary to get that many turkeys on it. I um, insist on on realism. I, I want only yeah. actual cooked turkeys for this movie. Yeah, but I, I imagine you know, like it's it's a lot of work just for one sequence but that is probably the also, case for turkey, most I mean, the, the thing about beast like, movies. mashed potatoes you can crank out but i feel like a yeah. turkey that takes hours and hours and hours that probably got pretty good at it um yeah. just to wrap up the plot um the only good thing that happens to our friend holly on this vacation is that her brother um brought a super hot friend to thanksgiving mm-hmm. um specifically to have sex with her because he showed her a picture or he he showed his friend a picture of his sister naked, which is extremely weird and upsetting. Uh, but then he turns out he's actually charming and hot, and so they eventually fall in love on yeah. an empty plane, and it's all worth it. Yeah, I, that's um, the movie. I I think it's very interesting when you have um, the things you can see are where directors sort of frame a reference and sort of where their passion lays. And the way that comes through in mo- their movies. So, like, in this film, hmm. I think it's really interesting the way um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character and his story arc, even if Alex, you sort of disagree with some of the characterization of things he does. But, like, the idea of a successful, young, queer person coming back to a family that doesn't quite understand them and sort of rejects them. The way I think Jodie Foster is really, really dialed in on that emotion yeah. and that feeling. But the idea of like meeting a cute guy and having a romantic fling uh, with some dude is obviously not somewhere that Jodie Foster has a lot of experience. She did not just, put as much passion into that for sure. Just because like the whole thing is it feels like especially his character of anything feels like uh, the studio was like you need a r- romantic thing. So you have this has to be part rom-com. So she's like, well, he, she just meets this guy, and he's very cute, and that's that's what straight girls like, right? Just cute guys who say things. So <laughs> yeah, just be a cute guy who says things. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I just the way that feels so kind of like thrown in there, but all the stuff with Robert Downey, especially with the kind of more homophobic sister, to me that feels like very real. And I we talked about it last week, the way like. At the time, in what? When did this come out? 95? Right? That was probably more of a transgressive scene and kind of like groundbreaking. Well, now it feels kind of pat and simple. Yeah. But I do think, especially just like the way she has conversations about like, I people saw you kiss. Like, I just remember hearing that from yeah, yeah. concerned parents. And it, it, it seems so antiquated and antiquated and weird and... So Odd, I, yeah, I agree. I think that part of the story is very moving and very lived in, I guess we'd say about the and there are parts of the family dynamic that are yeah. super interesting. I like I don't think any of us is going to make the argument that this is a great piece of cinema, but no. there are some really interesting character things and the fa- and family relationship yeah. things. And yeah. if you can get past the fact that he takes pictures of his sister naked all the time even into their 30s, then sure, I could really get behind yeah. that interesting character and relationship and and 
like actually their relationship in the family is like super interesting because she's the most accepting of her yeah. brother. Um, although her parents kind of come around in, in mm-hmm. like kind of a moving way. And then in a very the 1995 sis- yeah. Midwest yes. way, you know? Yes. yes. But then uh. the other sister doesn't. And that's super interesting. But he takes pictures of his sister naked and yeah. gives them to people. I just, it's uh. so upsetting. Is this is not mean, like a, is this a trope in the Midwest? I don't know. But is this a Baltimore thing? Why yeah. is this happening? Well, I think that if anything, with their relationship that I actually find interesting in this movie, and again, I think something kind of Joe, like I could imagine Jody sort of bringing about Holly Hunter's character doesn't just like love her brother. She's almost lives her life vicariously through him. Right, like she doesn't really have much of a life in her on her own, or care too much about her life, but she cares about his life way more than she does her own, right? Yeah. And I think that it just really, again, it was like that plus the picture stuff. It's just a very, very close brother and sister dynamic that is uh. fairly, like you know. Well, what I love I about it, I love the different relationship between the siblings, like having three yeah. kids and having each of the different arrows from one to another mm. be so like i guess complicated is really mm-hmm. really interesting and really realistic and i really yeah, that's what i, I mean, like the most about this movie the the uh, most unrealistic point in this movie is when robert downey jr is climbing on the curve the fact that both those little kids are like we have the coolest uncle to ever walk the face <laughs> okay. of this planet. okay so i agree with you that that's unrealistic but the most unrealistic part is at the end where he uh where hot guy meets holly hunter on the plane and it's mm. black friday the busiest travel day in the united states on mm. a flight from bwi to chicago o'hare and it is 90 percent empty on takeoff that was still too many people for me i'm not ready to fly yet guys <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, it might be too crowded for you, but for 1995, that day, those flights, there were that was a full flight. There were, that was yeah. standing room yeah. only on that flight. But no, that's why you buy two seats, one for you and one for your lamp, right? You keep like a buffer <laughs> zone between you and other people. Okay, yeah, so the lamp you're, thing, you're just a boiled egg so, eating uh, t- uh, seat made, like, like she had on the way in. Oh, yeah, the talkative lady who's cracking yeah. an egg. Um, so just to catch everybody up on the one of the other relationships I didn't mention in the summary, but I think is important and we've joked about a little bit is there's an, there's a weird aunt and her thing is anybody she meets, she gives a very important lamp to. And then at dinner, she drinks a lot of wine, um, declares that she's always been in love with her um, sister's husband and then falls asleep at the table. Mm -hmm. There's also a car farting scene. Anyway, she, she is like a good, complicated, interesting aunt as well. I like that a lot. That, that, that aunt, Played by uh, by Geraldine Chaplin, uh, daughter of Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Really? Who Robert Down- Downey Jr. had just played a few years before this, right? Yeah. Oh, that must be unnerving Weird. for her. Well, 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 actually, she was in that. I think she played her own uh, grandma. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, complicated family. You know, speaking of the sort of the different relationships and the way they... Like I said, this movie's not very plot heavy, so it had it. And I think one of the things I I do like about this movie from a filmmaking standpoint is the way because it doesn't have so much plot, you have to get it gets a lot of character through like one these sort of really weird like family only a family could have these type of interaction stuff that you've already mentioned, but then two the way this movie's the set design in every single one of these locations 
it's just such a real lived in house. Like I've yeah, been to every single one of these houses. Yes. Uh, and knew, knew someone whose family had these. Every single one of these sets, especially the main house is so incredibly well designed with yes. all these like little knickknacks and so much story and detail in every room. It's really my amazing part of the, of the movie. Um, there's a, is a moment, a very, very small moment, but it's when, um, mm. After the dinner has gone badly at two o'clock and now it's like late afternoon, early evening and um, Holly and the hot guy come back to the house to get some leftovers and they sit down at the table and Holly reaches over to a drawer and grabs a spoon out of it without even looking and starts eating pie. And to, mm. like as a, just a tiny, tiny moment to show she grew up in this house. And even though she's left, she just knows the house like the back of her hand mm. was such a brilliant, tiny yeah. moment to put in and make it feel like a really lived in realistic house. Well, what's uh, awesome about that is she reaches over, opens the drawer and then leans back and uses her foot yes. to close it, yes. which is absolutely a detail of you grew up in that kitchen. Yes. Right. You know the exact how much force. Where for where is like good leg distances yep. in which chair? Like yeah. this chair, you can close with your legs. That chair, you have to get up and close it. Right? It's just like those it's, little details in this. It's great. The other thing not. about the house that we have to mention and the design is that there is a super cool secret hidden cupboard oh, yeah. that you can smoke in. Hidden pantry. Is a hidden pantry. It's super cool. It's just like blends into the wall, but you push it and it pops open, um, and that's where you like go to disappear during dinner. Um, so I, you know, it's, we're getting ready to go home for the holidays is I'm going to um, drive back and have Thanksgiving with my folks here in two days. And, um, we're going to bring a, me a naked picture of your sister. We're going to have a very <laughs> calm adults who get along and have a good meal kind of Thanksgiving. And it's going to be totally lovely and not wackadoodle at all. Hmm. But when I was a kid and we went to my grandma's house Mm. when all my aunts and uncles and all of the extended family and like uncle's girlfriend and all like those bigger Thanksgivings, this felt more along those lines where there's like old family feuds that, that pop up. I mean, there were, there was definitely at least one Thanksgiving where I was as a kid where like the kids were dismissed to the basement to play while the adults finished a fight they were having. Like, this felt very um, plausible for like how this is how my parents felt going home for the holidays, not the mm-hmm. way I feel going home for the holidays, but I still yeah. recognize it. Yeah, I mean, this movie does, I think, in a lot of ways, it feels 90s as fuck. Like yeah, these and two I, was, characters, I would have been 10 in 1995, so yeah. it would have been perfect for like. I would have been 11, but I was the kid in this movie, so it felt very mm-hmm. at home for the for my parents parents and grandparents yeah i mean holly hunter is just like i again say like i knew people i knew so many growing up so many mom single moms who were like that with like with their kids the way holly hunter is right uh and then like her sister the way she is with their kids like everything about it felt so of a point and it was starting to get to the point where i think 90s nostalgia is starting to like actually affect me and i find it interesting and i really don't like a lot of stuff that feels very 90s that came out in the 90s stuff movies like reality bites right which is like a real gen x of a movie to me i find that very annoying because yeah. it's kind of like such amplified the negative i also of the don't 90s. like boot cut jeans yeah it's not a great look um, um so yeah, yeah i feel that but, same way 
But I, I, yeah, this movie does feel very '90s about it. But I, uh, I like, like her, uh, her dad being like, um, "Ready, whip, smell it, and weep." Like that, which mm-hmm. is which is not the official slogan, but I think could have been um, <laughs> For just a, a great like. I, I mean, I have not had Ready Whip. I don't think since the mm-hmm. '90s. I think, um, yeah, they anyway, are just, yeah, also. Yeah, like... it was a very '90s feeling movie. Yeah, I do love the way the parents are portrayed in this movie. Like to me, uh, even though you know, it was like a secretive kiss fifty years ago or whatever, I as I get older, those things I appreciate in movies, like and in real life, if you have ever meet met a couple who's been together for years and they still flirt and dance in their living room in front right, of like, where they the complain about stuff. each other constantly yeah. but then when a certain song comes on they like do a, a, a funny kind of dance where you're like i mean that that is really cool where when you see a, a it's so rare in movies too when you see an older couple and you see them fight but then you also see a thing they saw in each other in early in their relationship that is so mm-hmm. hard to do and i thought they really nailed that on that moment yeah, and then yeah. The, oh, I wanted to say the 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 other thing I really liked was the ending. They showed a bunch of memories that had been discussed previously. Mm-hmm. Not like they weren't they didn't show them in the moment to set things up. It was just like oh yeah, here are seven things that got mentioned in this movie, and here's what mm-hmm. they look like. Yeah, and and it's like cool like aged uh, you know uh, film stock kind of like situation. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That, that whole I found speech. that very touching. Yeah, it's that whole monologue the dad has, right? When he's telling one of the stories and he talks about like, and it's it's why throughout the movie the dad is filming, yes. even like the most heinous fights, the dad's just still filming with a smile, right? Yeah. But he he gives this great speech about this mo- this memory he likes. He talks about how he wishes he recorded it, and how like those are the moments you wish you you had film of. So like all of the scenes at the end are shot with this like handy cam. Yeah, filmed kind of in the moment style, uh, and I think it is. Yeah, it's just very, very, very sweet ending. So this uh, is so so. There's all these things that I liked. There's this very sweet ending. There's some really well felt characters. Why did this not work? I mean, like now or then? Uh, I guess mo- I was mostly thinking about to me, but sure, either yeah. time. Well, I mean, for me, I guess like now it feels like. Okay, so it feels like you had a time capsule and you got to stick like half a movie in and like some stuff it just aged horribly and rotted. And like sure. other mm. stuff like I think it was like really pitch perfect and like still works. And so like, right. like we, we opened up a time capsule and someone had thought we wanted to see this banana from nineteen eighty four. Exactly. We're like, no, I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah, we get like we get a few cool things and then like some old pogs and like some beat up Pokemon codes. Dude, sorry, really, like, what am I gonna do with these? Really quick digression. I was in a Nordstrom in Seattle yesterday. They had pogs. They I was when I, when you walk in, there is a time capsule built into the wall of the entryway. We were just standing in the entryway to get warm, and there was a there was a time capsule to be opened in twenty twenty three from nineteen ninety three. Is what on earth could the could Nordstrom from 1993 have that I would be excited I mean, aren't to you see curious, them reveal? Though? No, I time capsules are the stupidest idea I've ever heard. I hate time capsules. Hold so on much. a second, right? The There's idea- a lot of ideas out okay. there. Look, yeah. time capsules are the stupidest idea I've heard, except for some of the ideas you've said before and all of the ones you're about to say. Uh, there was some some company that has a uh uh a time capsule, like a prize that's going to be opened in like the year 2100. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that kind of time capsule. The like real lo- everyone who knows about this now will be dead before it opens. I think that's cool. That's a good type of time capsule. Yes, it has to be a really long time. So one of the this is like kind of an unambitious, I guess, time capsule. Mm-hmm. But also, it's a Nord. Like I don't care what this department store thought mm. was important in the 90s like wait alex what if okay and this might be one of those ideas you talked about um <laughs> <laughs> what if they open up the time capsule and inside it is a time capsule you can't open for another 30 years <laughs> wouldn't you be like oh man what's in there okay so sometimes Just a russian doll a time capsule <laughs> sometimes exactly. three rights makes yeah. a left um well you, you got me there what... it was such a bad idea i almost like it Here's what I th- here's what I would argue, Alex. I think that sometimes you got to have a reason to keep going in life, you know. And I one think one of them is to look, see what Nordstrom's well, hit a few years ago. Well, let me let me let me finish my point. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna name a few stores. Okay, yes, Sears, mm-hmm. Kmart, mm-hmm. Nordstrom's. Mm-hmm. Which one is not like the other? The one that's still in business and open, Nordstrom's. Right. Maybe if Sears had a goddamn time capsule in the store, they would have <laughs> a reason to keep going. We can't so, shut down. What about the time capsule? So you know? if the time capsule, and it's too small to be this, but if the time capsule was they just like hermetically sealed one display case. So just seeing like a perfectly preserved display case from like the 30s would be very mm-hmm. cool. From the 90s, much less cool. Um, but a lot of time caps are just like, we put in a newspaper from the olden days. And you're like, yeah, we just have, that's on microfiche. We have that. Every, you can just mm. look that up in the archive. Like, we just have old stuff. You don't need it yeah. to be in a brick for it to be old. Like, I, most of it is just like, look, we're just saving garbage for someone else to throw away. I mean, that's a pretty good... That's a pretty good hustle, if you ask me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, hey, you want to take out the trash? No, man. Hustle. Let's oh, wait just, 50 okay. years. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, that was Time Capsule. I'm sorry I took a tangent on that. What You were saying something about Time Capsule before that is about, oh, oh there's a banana just, in it. Just fundamentally that, like, I think part of part of this movie, like, is fairly timeless. And part of it is, like, super dated. And I think that that's the, it's, it feels jagged in that way, I guess. Um, Do you guys like A Christmas Story? Oh, that's a you put your eye out that one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up on it, um, but yeah, I like it. I didn't like it. Wasn't, I mean, was mine. I uh, I really like Christmas Story too, but that's you know, <laughs> no. What, what uh, happens to Christmas Story too? I'm sure this it's is a, a really bad. bad <laughs> it's a really bad movie they made. Have you guys seen the trailer for Eight Bit Christmas? The new. Oh, yeah. uh, we're trying to remake Christmas Story, but we don't want to call it that. Oh. Uh, movie. It looks real bad. Um. But no, okay. I, I don't think Christmas... I think Christmas Story is one of those movies that's like um, been Stockholm syndromed into people like you. Yes. You yes. know, it was just exactly on right. every Christmas 24 hours a day. I only saw it for day. the first time a couple years ago, and I absolutely was mystified by it. I did not enjoy any mm. single moment of that movie. There's and a what few I, good bits. When he has I, like the coat that's just... His mom bundles him up too much, and right, he that's can't all right. walk. Right? That's kind of funny. But, but like 99% of that movie, I was like, this is someone else's nostalgia. Yeah. It's all like, don't you remember this? Don't you remember this? Don't you remember this? And the answer for me every single time is no. And so I felt like me, this whole movie I was watching and I was like, this is what a Christmas story must feel like for people who had the nostalgia for that specific kind of East Coast 50s Christmas or whatever year it was. Mm. Like 
this is more my childhood Thanksgivings, and that was mm. someone else's childhood Christmas that I have never experienced. Yeah. And I think maybe that's part of what got me. But also, I do feel like some of the characters felt good. But the movie still felt kind of like it. Well, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, Anthony. The throwing the rom-com at the end, it didn't feel like the movie was about that. So it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere and was like, somebody at the studio told me to make this. So is yeah. that part of it? Is that the movie just doesn't know what it's trying to be or the studio wouldn't let it be yeah. what Jodie Foster I mean, wanted it to I be? I think there's a bit of that, like, especially with the, the movie has in, like sort of interstitial title codes that yes. pop up. Yes, so, like, yeah. Yeah. titles along the and way. And then yeah. it just kind of forgets about it and stops doing it like three quarters <laughs> of the way through the movie. Um, but it's like, I think if the movie was, because it feels like that's where the kind of movie is sort of in, uh, in struggle with itself where if this movie was just a series of vignettes about this family and really didn't have much of even less of a plot and was more just this slice of life you're a fly in the wall fly in the wall for this family and you can just relate and put your own stuff on it i think that would be interesting i think it's them more trying to force a conventional narrative and through line on this that actually kind of hurts it um, because then it's just like she hasn't been with this guy long enough to decide that like this is actually going to work. She was literally making out with again another Jodie oh, Foster. Yeah. I love her to death. I think Jodie Foster is absolutely amazing. But the fact that like that sixty year old guy at the beginning, she's like, yeah, women make out with guys like this, right? <laughs> like this happens. It's so, just I it thought that was make... actually a really interesting moment. So the opening of the scene is like her at work. And then her boss brings her in and she's like in a really great mood. And then he tells her that she's fired. And somehow in the heat of the moment of firing, hmm. they make out a little bit. And it's and then he apologizes. But it was sort of unclear to me from the my, my watch whether how it got initiated or who started it or yeah. if they both were starting it or what. Anyway. But um, if he was yeah. an attractive older guy who worked it, she literally... Like the guy who only goes to casting calls for a character called the Goober is like that is the actor. He's the bad lawyer for my cousin Vinny. He is he's been in a million things, but he always just plays the incompetent Goober. And again, it's like casting him in that role. One just makes her seem even that much more pathetic and weird. Yes. Um, I think there's like a, a she... rewrite partway through where it's like like they cast him, they have a scene, and they're like, you know, it's not working. Maybe they make out, and they're like, "It was like, should I still be?" It was like, "Well, you, yeah, we have you, so yeah." Let's, you might have just improvise. Let's try kissing. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. I it also is weird because she is such a mess. Yeah, uh, Holly Hunter is such a mess in that first few scenes, and then once she gets to dinner, she's like the most together emotionally in the entire rest of the movie mm. and it's weird that we saw all this stuff setting her up as being a mess and then later it's just like well it doesn't really matter that she lost her job and it doesn't really matter that she made out with her boss yeah. and she's really hitting it off with this new guy and she's like being kind of charming and really together um and maybe even like doing some really solid parenting so it's just like it's weird that we get it all set up that way it just feels like I, it's just really interesting characters. And I didn't, I don't think the story makes any sense. That's yeah. That's, I mean, I, I think it with like a lot of, especially uh, a lot of the performances in this movie. I think the, the caliber of the actor, I mean, especially the Holly Hunter, it, uh, Holly Hunter is just phenomenal in everything. She she's in. so um, terrific. I and liked her very much. The mom is incredible. Uh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. I think really does a lot, uh, 
great in this role. Um, but yeah, Charles, I definitely Charles Durning that, as the dad, also who's like yeah. in everything. Yeah, and I think if lesser actors were in this exact same movie, it would completely fall on its face. Yeah, but I think especially Jodie Foster as an actor, I think. Because this is the type of movie, like when a, an actor makes a film, and it's just like every bit, even the small bit parts, are filled with like incredible character actors, right? Like that is someone who really cares about acting first. Oh, that's and such an interesting like, point. I let's like just that. Get every single person to really pop. Because the casting in this movie is great, even the small roles, like a very very young Claire Danes. I, I believe there are no small roles, but calls. yeah, continue. Yeah. But like she's she's great in this movie, yeah. just being on the phone for yeah. all of it, right? Yeah. Like it's I oh. I think like so I mean I'm totally with you. I think this is a really stacked cast and I, and you know really you know solid you know, direction. I, I think really the way the way you'd probably try to pull this off this time is like it's much more of like a probably a decentralized focus on um probably on Holly Hunter because I don't think mm. she has a strong enough arc basically. So I think you probably actually get maybe more time with probably joanne like you know the 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 sister uh you know before she comes to dinner right and you probably like yeah. are more like you're, mm. you're you're breaking out separately and you have these like more of like building vignettes that like coalesce around this big dinner so if it's three it was the stories of the three children mm-hmm. the three three siblings and you see a little bit of them before what they are currently stressed out about what they're worried about at dinner and then we watch those like their anxieties come to fruition so like sister is like they think they're all better than me because they left. And then at dinner, we hear them like talking about how they could never live here again. Like you could definitely follow those little bits of character and make it kind of interesting and have it come to a big head. And then in the fallout, they kind of have the like, well, we're still family kind of resolution to it. And I think that would be a lot smoother. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, because I I mean, my, my, my feeling about family generally is that like, I don't actually think there's many villains in most families, uh, you you know, with some exceptions, I'm sure. But like, for the most part, I think it's like, a lot of people in the family feel like they're on the outside of the family, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of the things about this that I did like a lot is that all of the kids feel like outsiders at this table. I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I also I like did... this. Yeah, I also like the dynamic of like when you're with your parents and your siblings, all of a sudden, even if you feel like at other times you're a mature adult, you revert to like kid patterns. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they did that really well. I think Israel. If we were doing the playing the game, two changes. That would be one, and the other one would be that he does not take pictures of his sister naked. Never a bad change to make. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> Anthony, what were you thinking? Well, I was gonna say I. I think it. You know, like uh, I think again, I've commented on Jodie Foster a lot and how much I like her, and I do. I think one of the things really interesting about this movie is that taken in totality of Jodie Foster's entire filmography in terms of her directing work. She's directed four movies and I can't make heads or tails of her filmography and what are the things that attracts her to projects, what pushes her away from projects, right? So as an actress, she's incredible. She's a child prodigy, been acting since she was a kid. She is like, if you put together like the 20 best films of the last five decades that she's been working, one of her movies would be in like the top 20 list of each decade, right? You can yeah. put Taxi Driver, um, uh, Signs of the Lambs, Contact. I mean, the, her filmography is just phenomenal. But the films, the films she decides to direct, Little Man Tate, which is a movie about a mom raising a child prodigy. I get what attracted her you to that see material. Where, yeah, she, you know? where she came to that. 
but then you have uh, you have a lot of TV, which I I get. Uh, but you have then you have this, uh, the Beaver, the really weird Mel Gibson movie that was like his first try to come back, which is like a famous, like the Beaver was like a famous blacklist script that had been going around for years, oh, and everyone was like, "This is one of the greatest scripts ever made. It's probably unfilmable." And then they tried to film it, and it was like, "Yeah, it's unfilmable." And then oh, she man, did that. Sounds m- fascinating. That money, what's it called? Money, money monster, money monster with George Clooney a few years ago. I should also say that Julie Roberts. We should point out there's a 15 year gap between Home for the Holidays and The Beaver too. So she took a yeah. long time to think about the movie that she wanted really wanted badly to, to be associated <laughs> with, yeah. and came to the conclusion it was getting Mel Gibson back into film by talking to a puppet beaver. Yeah, um, and it's just, and then like Moneyball is the one that really throws me for a loop because I. I just can't imagine any movie that's less appealing about like, oh, I want to watch that. No, I don't. Money uh, Monster. I don't, Money, Money Monster. Monster, yeah. I don't know anyone who saw that. Uh, it's got this great cast. But Crime it just thriller feel... starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Yeah, I mean, it's about like, uh, what if a, you know, a CNBC money guy got held up by someone he, you know, bad investments cost this guy a bunch of money. Um, oh, I was hoping it was going to be Oceans 2. No, that would have been cool, though. Um, I'd probably rather see George that. Clooney realized that him and Julia Roberts can do it all without all these other stupid yeah. people because he just like the management really drags down the organization. Yeah, lean. Lean. <laughs> just in time. Just in time for Lake Manufacturing. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, we have to. That was last. This is the last call on uh, on Home for the Holidays. I want to do a quick segment before we leave. Um, Jodie Foster was in Maverick and Inside Man, both of which I liked a lot. Yeah, both like good both movies. Of, oh, a lot of things she's acted in, I do like a lot. Um, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, she's in Silence of the Lambs, man. Yeah. What more could you possibly want? I couldn't want uh, for more. All right, let's wrap greatest... this up and do the argument. Okay. So it's time for segment three, the argument, which is our brainstorming session today. I would like to brainstorm since the point of watching this was because it's Thanksgiving, and there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies out there. I would like us to take a moment and just think on the lesser loved holidays out there that deserve more movies about them. We can all agree Christmas is overrepresented in movies and a lot of holidays uh, get short shrift. So, and I would say Halloween is also pretty well represented. Um, So what are other less loved holidays that deserve a movie and what movies could we possibly make about them? Well, do you remember when, Gary Marshall for a while was yeah. making those holiday movies. Yes, that we, wa- just... we watched one of those that was like New Year's Day or something, New Year's Eve. Yeah, but yeah. he made a bunch of them. Yes, and yes. all it was, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah, they were like these huge. They had to be like tax shelter scams because it was like we get <laughs> fifty great actors. They each film two days to do yes. a little scene, and then we put together a movie. Um, it did not make any sense. But he eventually would have done every holiday. Right, if he had been able to continue, if he had, he if would he had have more like, taxes to shelter. Yeah, I mean, in twenty twenty one, he would have been like releasing like Ann Arbor Day or like Boxing Day, right? Having <laughs> wait, 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 Boxing Day. Uh, wait, 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 let's go uh, back a second. So when you said so, instead of Arbor Day, you used the city Ann Arbor. Oh, hmm. it's Michigan, an Arbor Is that what you said? Ann Arbor yeah. Day. No, that's why the title's clever, Alex, because it takes place <laughs> in Ann Arbor. That's on Arbor okay. Day. Yeah, that's where Ar- yeah. all the Arbors are from. 
Well, what's one? Yeah, so we wa- we watched New Year's Eve back in episode yeah. three seventy two. This is the twenty eleven film that he made as a tax shelter. That is, um, yeah, forty low level movie stars all on New Year's Day, uh, and none of you, neither of you, were there for it. So I don't remember, which is totally fair. Um, I would normally have thought, I would have thought at one point that Groundhog's Day would be underrepresented, but it turns out if you make one movie about a holiday that's so perfect, no one will ever mess with that holiday again. It's mm-hmm. yours. You called you called dibs. You got your dibs. Yeah. <laughs> you wrapped it in chocolate. It's yours now. Uh okay. So you mean- Boxing Day, Ezra. Um Yeah, I don't really understand it necessarily. Uh well, I wanna see a movie that takes place on Halloween that isn't a horror supernatural or thriller in any kind. Something like Home for the Holidays. Like a fun, sweet family. Just a, just a movie comedy. about a, a woman who goes home to her family for Halloween. Yeah, just like a Halloween movie. Like I think that that there's this material there, right? It's just I like see that. I, like a rom com on Halloween. You have masks so you can have confusion. It, yeah, it maybe itself. maybe you have like two single parents who meet on a trick or treating route. Uh, on the Halloween thing, yeah. I, I like the idea of okay. So I, I like ensemble. I like the idea of it being kind of like Halloween's interesting because it's a closing window as a kid, right? So I like this idea of that you're being your your oh. last Halloween, really, that you actually get to mm. like right. Your parents like, are like next year you you do charity or you give out candy. That's all. No, you, it's like, like you're too old. This is like this is your yeah. last Halloween, and then yeah. it's like look, there's a, and there's like some kind of like they never got to the the candy the house that gives out the big candy before. Right, right. So, the big candy. King so these size. kids put together this like big action adventure plan to go the Goonies style. The most candy in history on like they figure out the way to really like min max the holiday. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're very, very excited about it. If they do enough of it, they like they will never have to buy candy, you know, until they're like 18, right? It's like right, they, right, yeah, they, they, figure, right. they figure out a way that they're gonna get so much candy that they're gonna live this candy will keep them sated for another decade. And somewhere along the way they figure out that they have grown up and that it's not for them anymore. And yeah, they, they, like, they, they, yeah, they, they choose. It's like you know, they, they have a chance to, to fulfill their dreams of this, and then said they make it possible for like this, like maybe like their younger sibling or whatever. It's like yeah, that's they the, pass along whatever you know, like like candy gathering apparatus they've created. They pass along to the next generation. Yeah, it's for you now. Kids, yeah, yeah, and like they realize that giving a kid magic for this day is more important to them than it mm. being magical for them, and that's how they know they've grown up. At like 16, they're like, I'm too old for this shit. I don't hate this, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't hate it either. I'd watch this movie. This sounds pretty fun. And then you could do a reboot where it's all adults. Oh no! Yeah, so, no. It, it'd be it'd be like it'd be them now as adults with their with their with their for their kids. Like they'll yeah. they'll have grown up all the way. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm you I'm know, okay with I, this movie. I googled uh, holidays. Yeah, uh-huh. me too. And I got a full list of all the different. Are you at timeanddate.com/slash/holidays? Yes. yes, I am. <laughs> uh, so, and I just gotta say, there is there any day that's not a holiday. I actually kind of feel overwhelmed. <laughs> check your birthdays. Not holidays. Well, uh, these are like federal holidays. Uh, yes. Some are local, so, yeah, like a state observance, yeah. local yeah. observance. If, long, yeah. if it looks because there's just not that many fe- federal holidays, there's never more than three in a month. Oh, um, most I mean, of them, I mean, some I mean, months don't now. have anything. Now there's nothing in August. There's nothing in March or April. Oh. Nothing for my birthday on this thing. Wait, add but, add in add in the add in all. Like so, you can change. There's like a slider where you can change from official holidays, all holidays, national observances to global observances. Also, 
Okay. And then you get a ton. Yeah, yeah. that's too many. I, I was looking at, I ended up on Zenefits.com somehow. I searched differently than you. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is just federal holidays in the U.S. and the days they fall on. no one made a, um, a uh, like a comedy about a bunch of women going into labor on Labor Day? Uh, oh, it's like right? a bunch of different stories of women who ended up at the same hospital on Labor Day. Okay. Yeah, and like you have like two friends who are co- like kind of competing to have their baby first, and like it's a race to the hospital. It's kind of like nine months, but on uh, Labor Day. Oh, um, I'm pretty open to this. This sounds yeah. pretty fun, um, guys. I just found out this is not just a purely local thing. This is Sweetest Day. Has anyone heard of this before? No. I okay. Here's my here's what I'm afraid of. Yes. Is at some point you start getting into things people made up so that there was something to talk about on the morning show. Mm-hmm. Days. Um, and those aren't real. The spaghetti the flying spaghetti monster of holidays. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, okay. or yeah, it's just like it's hey, did you know it's Nachos Day? It's National Nachos yeah. Day. It's like, no, you just this is not a thing. It's not okay, real. So here's the thing. So this was this absolutely has been manufactured, but it's manufactured like a hundred years ago. And mm. it has been kept on going since then. So Wait, it was one? like a scam holiday uh, for a candy company. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, right. But it has been going for a hundred years, and like is like in the Great Lakes region, which like I don't know, it's not bad. So look, you you celebrate by giving presents such as green cards and candy to loved ones. So it's like it's Valentine's Day without love uh, in October. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's most like, for that romantic days, love. but um, okay. So I yeah, I say we just for the sake of this argument, just to keep this segment short, which is already a little bit spiraling. Official holidays is your only option on the draft. Oh, drop dang down. It. All right, okay. slide it from all my good holidays. Um, what day. if a bunch of aliens were coming to Earth to invade it? I like it. <laughs> I'm right? with it. Four days out from July fourth. Okay, listen okay. so far. No, um, bored. And uh, come they, on they, Columbus Day, and then they are they coming, and the they w- are they are colonizing Earth on Columbus oh, Day, and we like can't be too. mad. That's a good idea. I was doing a, what if we, I, I just pitch Independence Day. No, again. I know. I, I got um, it. You were doing, and I tried to change gears. Um, no, I, no, I do coming. like the Columbus Day uh, idea. Dude, aliens I think that's colonizing Earth on Columbus Day, and we're like, ah, ah f- okay. It's, mm. Yeah. You, you know, touche, no, no, old friend. I know how we save us, though, because we show them our box of dibs, and we're like, we already called dibs on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's unfallible. Oh, we all, of course, all the way across the galaxy, all beings. Uh, we, we're just we you know, we're cloud like, energy look, beings, but we all respect dibs. We respect dibs. Like, we're not monsters. Of course, dibs? You didn't tell us that. I would. I, my sheet says no one had called dibs yet. Well, I mean, one of my um, dibs least favorite, but also kind of personal favorite uh, shitty internet person is the um, people who are have real misplaced appreciation for their Italian heritage and are like, look, I know Christopher Columbus was a bad thing, but this is an attack on Italy when you attack Christopher Columbus. What next? Are you going to you gonna call out Bon Jovi for not making good music? We have few Italian heroes. Like that? Dry, people I mean, this is fascinating because Columbus I... Columbus th- Day every year like that? This is something that's happening in a lot of places. I think Colorado just tried to change... Columbus Day to um, Indigenous Peoples Day, and the uh, Italian American lobby shut it down. Like this is a powerful thing that I did not realize. Yeah. D- I mean, despite being Italian, it's never come up yeah. that we were like, you know, who our best was Cristo Colombo. Yeah, That's who we all. Had, 
we really admire didn't... that guy who got lost and then destroyed a continent. I, I like didn't... Ron Hill to die on day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good switch for yeah. Columbus. Yeah, I just don't know what other. I think we're doing pretty of... well. I so I think the only thing um, really left on the officials' holiday that doesn't have something that's super duper obvious. Cause a lot of these are obvious, right? Like, so Labor Day, you nailed, um, I, you know, Veterans Day, obviously it's gotta be like, there's too many things that are already about that. Mm. Some, you know, people, I think President's Day would be interesting. I think there's something about President's Day that you could do. That's the last one that I'm missing. I think from here that isn't already like a story on its own. Cause you got two presidents, but it's both of them. It's all presidents. It's kind of confusing. Mm. All the President's Day. I'm also open to Easter. If you have a thought for an Easter mm. movie, mm. yeah, I, mean, I, I think they they made it. It's called the Passion of the Christ <laughs> 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 to tie it back to Mel Gibson. There, that's for a, a good point. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I like the Mel Gibson part, but could you give me more yeah. talking puppet? Yeah, um, I mean, I think this is like it's not a bad idea because the way you make sure, like you know, people are still interested in your movies, you do tie it to a, you know something that will always happen, right? And so, like, it doesn't have to be a day necessarily. It could just, like, it doesn't have to be a holiday. It could just be, like, look, this is all, like, you know, uh, April, like, 30th, like, the movie. And I guarantee you people will watch that on April 30th. Oh, yeah. that's so true because there's, like, people watch, you watch Back to the Future on Back to the Future Day, right? That's just mm-hmm. a date inside a movie. If the movie was just called April 16th or whatever, yeah, yeah people would have to watch it that day. Oh, has someone done a Leap Day I'm movie? I'm pretty sure. I was like, I was just getting there. I'm sure. They're not mm. going to watch that as much, though. There was a movie called Leap Year. Is that a thing? It's uh, not a day, but it's pretty good. I mean, the idea yeah. of like, even like a supernatural thing, like someone born on a Leap Year and every four years, like a portal opens in the house and some shit right. happens, you know? I like that. Oh, yeah. Portal yeah. only on Leap Years. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, I would live with that. You're just like you're hoping your move before the portal opens, right? And you're well, like, oh, the portal man, brings you good stuff. Oh, yeah. great! They stick around, yeah, for sure. Okay, all right. I so we did this, it. <laughs> I think we did it. I just want to write down a couple of these because I enjoyed them. Um, I so my my favorite are the the kids on Halloween, la- kids last Halloween. Maybe it's just called last Halloween. Last Halloween, um, and then um, aliens invading on Columbus Day and dibs, and then I. Women giving birth on Labor Day and a portal that opens on leap years. These are my favorite ideas. Uh, I, these I, are pretty I solid. Also, okay, instead of the, instead of our, like April thirtieth, whatever, I want it to be twenty uh, first of September, just because of that, like you know, of the Earth, Wind, and Fire, like a uh, like song. Oh, of course, yeah. And, I, and the and the YouTube guy who was, was great. Um, yeah, yeah. You know Demi. what? Holy shit! I just realized. How has no one made a four twenty movie yet? I mean, oh man, that's an interesting. I mean, question. talk about. A group of one, as someone who smoked sold. a lot of pot and been a, been a part of a lot of stoner groups, talk about a group of people who would get together to watch a movie every year. Right? Yeah, no kidding. The stoners, absolutely. If it was like a good stoner comedy, they would it would you would have to watch it. You they would include it with your poaches at marijuana dispensaries across <laughs> the state. Uh, well, yeah. I, this is this is why I'm glad, and I've said this many times on the show before. This this podcast. Do not listen if you are an industry person, an industry professional, uh, a person who could make movies, because we give away so many 
brilliant million dollar ideas on this show that people just steal willy nilly if we allowed them to listen. So well, no people you, um, in the production industry are allowed I love to listen. Alex, you understand them so well because you know that the thing that industry people don't get enough of is unsolicited, unsolicited pitches. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you understand. No, they can't. They Alex, stole this one. Yeah, Alex, that's why you transcribe every episode and mail it to yourself before you <laughs> upload it, right? Get that yeah, post I get, I get my, it to us. my post office copyright every every yeah. episode just in case the, i this is what why i need people to donate on the matreon the patreon patreon the matreon is uh i just need money for stamps because <laughs> just the, stamps. the transcripts run several pages it's it's over a stamp it's two stamps per episode so and i don't know if you know this but a stamp is like nine dollars now so yeah checks out thanks, is thanks there a Obama. stamp day is there like a is there, sure, is there we can I'm make sure that happen there is Post, post can we day? make that happen? No, we cannot. We're not. No, no. Okay. Stamp day. We're not making more day of days stamps. just for someone to tweet about it. The day of the stampening. There's like, these are all Facebook holidays and I hate it. Okay. We need to wrap up. Um, That is it. Uh, we'll, uh, National Purchase Day, July 1st. All right. That's our, that's our movie. Mm. Of course it is. Of course it already exists. That is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again next week. Next week, we are talking about Muppets Take Manhattan. Because uh, Hunter is getting ready to move to the Big Apple, as they call it there. That's an industry term, I think, insider term for New York. Um, he's going to move city there. Of so, city, city of Light. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one. Um, uh, the city. Yeah, the city of Bridges. City of I Jazz. Think. Yeah. <laughs> the city. <laughs> uh, it, everyone calls it the uh, the, the, the Portland of East Coast City. Yeah. Anyway, so he's moving to Man- he's moving to New York, and so we're gonna watch a movie, an upbeat movie about it, where the Muppets take Manhattan. Um, and I'm very excited about it. And also, I told you guys this on the chat um, in our Discord today, but um, I heard the worst Muppet fact, and I just want to share it with the world now. It may not be true. I think you. I mean, as a micro influencer, you probably do owe it to the world to actually fact check this, or no? No. Well, so, let me well, so I'll it. just hit me with it. As a micro influencer, I'm just going to tag verbally tag the person, which is there's a, tw- a TikTok account called Props to History, which is a a, um, his- a movie prop uh, master and collector. And he was showing off. Uh, he had a video very recently talking about his collection of Muppet memorabilia. And one of the things he said was, it's very hard to get Muppet memorabilia because they're famously, they destroy a lot of the stuff after a movie, including after every Muppet movie, they shred the Muppets. That's what at props to history on TikTok said to me today. And I am just, sh- I'm shook from it. The, like his, his argument is they're kind of, the puppets get really like run down and dirty and grimy by the end of it. And they're gross. And so they can't use them again, but they also don't want them to fall into the wrong hands where somebody would make like a disgusting Elmo movie, I guess, or whatever. Mm. Um, so they, not a shred, Muppet, but not, sorry, wrong. That's the different Henson property, but you can, you can um, do that with Elmo. It's fine. They have no problem. You don't want to make a weird Gonzo movie where someone like sits on his nose. It's so they like, they tread them, and I just can't stop thinking about the mm. person who's got a snow shovel in front of a Muppet shredder mm. and is just tossing them in there. And presumably, there's a bunch of like, you know, like Squid Game, there's like a bunch of billionaires mm. watching through glass who are the mm. only ones who are allowed to see the Muppets shredded. I, if you make I, feel- I was gonna say, I just imagine Jim Henson got buried with them like the pharaohs of old. I was going to say, if I understand anything about Gonzo, is that he would be totally down to be tossed in the center, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, very, very possible. Um, I assume that 
props to history knows what he is talking about and would not lie to me, but... So, when, if Hunter moves out of New York, are we going to watch Escape from New York, then? <laughs> and we'll watch... Mom, yeah, Mom, well, this came up where we're talking about movies to watch about him moving to New York, and I just feel like Escape from New York is so perfectly wrong for this Wait, moment. can he make a stop in Las Vegas first and then leave that so we can watch the <laughs> Nick Cage movie? Uh, yeah, um, Las Vegas, the city that doesn't sleep? Wait, or that one also doesn't sleep? There's many None of them sleep, sleep, man. But, well, I don't know. Whatever happens no. there stays there, so we Look, won't really know about, about the story. Portland, Portland is the city that sleeps, for sure. Portland yeah. is the city that has somewhere to be early in the morning. That, yeah, I got I, a thing. Yeah, <laughs> Portland's the city that's got a thing tomorrow, so let's wrap it up early. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to let everybody go. Anyway, just think about the Muppet Shredder. If you have any facts about Muppets that you want to share with us or any feedback at all, we'd love to hear them on the email podcast at readdeadsweep.com. We also appreciate all the Meat Buddies whose money goes to stamps for my copywriting and keeps us afloat by going to metreon.com where you can join our Patreon campaign and keep the show limping down the tracks like somebody who is wounded and about to get hit by a train. And we really appreciate our guests today thank you so much for hanging out with me as yeah man and anthony lopez great to talk to you buddy and i uh, love you guys and as always as want you know i really enjoy doing the show it was a highlight of my life just in case i od on mashed potatoes on thursday i want <laughs> you to know i love you guys very much <laughs> uh, what I a way to record this some way that's that's why i'm regretting <laughs> the most <laughs> all right we'll talk to everyone next week goodbye Psh. Yeah.